Live from the ACU of Texas Studios, this is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Welcome to Meet in the Middle Chronicles. I'm Sam Collins. And I'm Norman Papoose. We met in an office and discovered that despite each of us consistently voting for different political parties, we shared a common goal of leaving our kids a better world. When we started talking to each other, we found that we could meet in the middle on many issues that face our nation. That got us wondering, why can't our elected representatives agree? Find the middle on issues. I don't give up my values when I compromise, and neither does Sam. But we know that compromise serves our kids better than what we see in the current political atmosphere. We had a successful radio show, then the Chinese bought the station. But we got with the times, and now we have a podcast. So sit back and listen. Today we cover the Michigan protests for the second week in a row. Speaker Pelosi puts forward $3 trillion in spending, but not all of her colleagues are on board. And Education Secretary Betsy DeVos gets sued by the ACLU for revising the Obama rules on how sexual assault accusations are dealt with by our educational institutions. But first, two things. First one, go to 2020census.gov and fill out your census details. Second thing, go to Facebook and like our page, Meet in the Middle Chronicles. Now let's get to it. Issue number one. The Michigan protests may not have escalated, but they certainly did not de-escalate. Here's some audio from the protesters. All the people out there that are business owners or watching on TV or on Facebook, open your business now. Open the restaurants, open the bars, open the movie theaters. I know we can't control corporate America, but small business America needs to open up. Go to Kroger, don't put a mask on. I feel like I'm the only one there without wearing a mask. Defy her order by not doing it. It is not a law. She told you it's not a law. Okay. Did you hear that? Let's play it again for the benefit of our listeners. Needs to open up. Go to Kroger. Don't put a mask on. I feel like I'm the only one there without wearing a mask. Defy her order by not doing it. It is not a law. She told you it's not a law. Okay. This guy wants everybody to go to Kroger's but make sure you don't wear a mask. I mean, did, I, I heard that right. He, they said that. Okay, so a- according to CNN, the Michigan State Capitol was closed on Thursday as demonstrators gathered at the steps of the building to protest Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay-at-home order. Now, the latest protests and the Capitol's closure came two weeks after protesters, some of them armed, uh, entered the building and demanded to be allowed into the legislative chambers, kind of like trying to force your way onto the floor of the Senate. Um, but of course, those are closed due to social distancing measures. Now, the protest was organized by the Michigan uh, by Michigan United for Liberty group, and reports say that it drew a crowd of roughly 200 at the high point of Thursday's event. Uh, that's according to Michigan State Police. But I, I gotta say. I saw video. I, I think the Michigan State Police are, are under-reporting the number of people there. Uh, the crowd are later dwindled down to under 100 people, according to the police. Um, regardless, Sam, I think that both the governor and the protesters are digging in on the extremes for their own ego rather than the benefit of Michigan. And I, I'm afraid this could turn out poorly. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, it escalating to something becoming very violent. And then, you know, with regards to if people uh, want to get out 
uh, go to Kroger, as he said. Uh, I still think they have a responsibility to to wear a mask, uh, uh, a face mask, or something, just to try to slow it down. No, it's not one hundred percent, but something needs to be done, and and something needs to be worked out uh, between the elected officials and the public. Because if not, this is gonna uh, gradually go grow into something more violent. I believe at some point. I think this the, the protesters are digging in. I think this is their personality. I think it's wrong. I think the protesters should should use Governor Whitman's Whitmer's own orders as a rallying point for reasonable people everywhere because her orders, which we read last week, clearly are, are out of the are out of the main uh, mainstream. And uh, they are brandishing their weapons, as is their Second Amendment right. I'm not going to take that away from them. But they're using it as a shield. And, you know, they don't need their weapon. Well, not only – and it's, uh, it's an intimidation factor, too, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at the, at the level that they're doing it. So, you know, we, I think we've talked about, uh, you know, you can have an equal response, but they're – Proportional response, A yeah. proportional response to something that's going on, but – they're taking it to an extreme, and uh, it's if you get fire and gunpowder close enough, it's going to explode. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what's it's just tick 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 tick, and it's going to be something bad. Yeah, I, I liked you know one of these uh, protesters. You know, he's wearing all all this military garb, including a uh, earpiece with a microphone on it. You know, like you might see in some Hollywood, you know, Delta Force, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kidnapping. Your retrieval movie, uh, and this guy weighs like three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> he makes me, you know, look, look skinny. Yeah, yeah and, and he's out there trying to play, you know, weekend warrior, you know, with all with all this garb. One guy brought, and I don't know if it was live or not, brought brought essentially anti tank weapon to this damn thing. And it's absolutely not necessary. Again, uh, you know what happens is if a weapon accidentally goes off. And now all of a sudden you have all these individuals out there armed, not knowing where uh, the the shot came from, or the uh, uh, even with the uh, the police officers and public servants. Uh, you know, how do you control that kind of environment? Do you remember a movie in the '70s with Timothy Hutton, Tom Cruise, and uh, who's that guy who married Madonna? Don't oh, big time actor. They were all three in a movie called Taps with George C. Scott. And in the movie, exactly what you're talking about happens. It's a, it's a boys' private military academy, and something goes wrong. A, a, a child in the town gets shot. It was a mistake. But the kids grab all the weapons so they can't be confiscated and essentially arm the school. And, the, and now the National Guard has to come. And, of course, you have a bunch of kids with a lot of small arms facing down the National Guard and bad things happen. But the, the governor signed up to take a leadership role in her state. And I hold her as accountable as anybody. Because rather than saying, look, I understand you're upset. Why don't we go through you know, the portions of, of my orders that, that, are, that you really don't like? Let's see if we can meet in the middle. She is basically just turning the screws on these guys, which is not the way to go because... There's a reason they are wearing 
they are brandishing weapons. They are saying, you are not going to put the screws to us. So she's doing pretty much exactly what they want them to do. It's, feed, it's feeding into to what they, uh, to the narrative of what they want to uh, show of her restricting their rights and it's pouring fuel on the fire, so to speak, uh, in, a, in the opposite direction. There has to be, again, we talked about some kind of compromise. Uh, there were some things we discussed last week that were seemed a little extreme about her uh, order, uh, but we're going to have to find a way to uh, meet in the middle uh, to get, get people that need to go back to work uh, able to do that. But people also have to have some personal responsibility that if you're going to be out wearing a mask, it's not just about you, it's about the health of your, your neighbor. And if uh, uh, you're willing to take up arms to fight for your rights, you should be willing to also uh, consider uh, doing what's right for your fellow Americans. Yeah, uh, I think you know. So if, if individuals, I don't think individuals need to be fined a thousand dollars, but I do think we need to require them. If if I'm a store owner and I ask you to wear a mask before you come in the store, I think people need to comply. If they don't want to comply, then you need to shop in a store that doesn't require you to wear a mask, because at this point right now we're we're doing this for the safety of the public. Yep. Issue number two, Speaker Pelosi is asking for $3 trillion for her legislation uh, titled the HEROES Act. We'll pass it in the House and then we'll negotiate as we go forward. Uh, but what this is, is what this country needs. We need to have, uh, we want to open our economy to do that. We need testing, 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 tracing, tracing treatment and uh, isolation if necessary. So that's very important. We, this establishes a, plan, a goal, a plan, benchmarks, and a timeline for us to get the American people tested so we know the size of this problem and, again, can defeat this villainous virus. They're, they say instead of doing something, they want to pause. Well, there's no pause in hunger or joblessness or uh, paying the, not being able to pay the rent. The list goes on. American people are in pain. It's heartbreaking the numbers of people who are dying and who are infected, and, and we have to address it, and we have to address it in a big way. According to Politico, both liberals and centrists in the caucus are grumbling about the roughly $3 trillion measure. House Republicans have overwhelmingly said they oppose the bill, and some Democrats are unable to travel to the Capitol to vote amid the pandemic leaving Pelosi and her whip operation with tight margins to clear the bill. Still, House Democrats are expected to broadly back the package, likely approving it late Friday evening and setting up Pelosi's opening bid in the next round of aid negotiations with Republicans. Norm, this is $3 trillion in spending, putting it straight on the back of our kids. But, but is... But if... It, yeah. <laughs> but... But if we don't do it, our country may descend into social unrest. Is this a tough call for a fiscal conservative like yourself? You know, it's a tougher call than I'd like because I don't see a way out of this without massive government spending. And essentially, we have entered what's, and I don't want to get all uh, economists here, but we've entered the modern monetary theory portion of America's history. 
no, no matter what people want to say. And the problem is, is that this, uh, the attitude of some people on the right that, you know, no spending, no taxation, let people fight for themselves, uh, you know, the, the stronger will survive, that puts us in a point of social chaos. People, like we just talked about, people have access to guns and they're not going to let their kids go hungry. And further, um, Texas, yesterday, the Texas Supreme Court said, beginning on a certain date, you can start evicting people again, okay? You, you can't not allow people to feed their families and kick them out into the street and not expect some sort of blowback. And looking at people going tough, you got to pick your, you know, yourself up by your bootstraps. That doesn't work because the, governor, the government told us to stay inside put a mask on, not earn, and everything's going to be okay. Now, it's in, it is morally incumbent on them to make sure that we don't lose things which we wouldn't have lost had this not happened. Now, is $3 trillion, you know, the number? I don't know. I've heard a lot of crazy things about Pelosi's uh, spending bill and what's in it. For instance, the Kennedy Center. I think she got $200 million and then I within- I think that was in the previous- Yeah, in the previous one. She gave the Kennedy Center, you know, a couple hundred million dollars or $25 million. And then within a week, the Kennedy Center laid off 75 people. Are you kidding me? So I, I'm not sure what's in this bill, but does the government need to step up and make sure that people will be whole? Uh, and- the well, result of all of this will not be not being able to feed your kids, not losing your health care, and not losing your home. Well, I think another, another compromise may be that if we're all going to feel a little pain, right, uh, the landlords and individuals that own the real estate, I understand they have a business and they need to uh, be paid. But one of the things that we could do to kind of cut the spending, if all we're going to do is collect tax revenues and then turn around and pay out to a large group of people who then are just gonna have to make a payment for rent or mortgage or whatever, some of those companies could waive a month or two, landlords or individuals could, could waive a payment which cuts down on the spending. They're still getting some revenue into their uh, business, but maybe they're not making as much profit. I don't, I don't know if you follow me. Instead of, oh, instead I do, of but I'll give you so a better much. way. And when we've yeah. talked about this before, mm-hmm. institute a universal basic income, you know, and yeah. people can set that as their floor. Yeah. And if you spend in excess of your basic income, and you got to cut some of the you. other programs, you got to cut some of the other yeah. programs. So oh, you, you have to cut a lot of programs. Yeah, you can't have both. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, we also have to look at, uh, there's reports about the uh, grocery prices going up, uh, uh, meat prices going up. My, I spoke with someone uh, yesterday and they were just noticing how much more they're paying for uh, meat already uh, at the grocery store. So these are some things that even though people are getting assistance, it's being manipulated in ways that that money is, is being turned over to these groups of business owners at a much higher, much higher price. So it's uh, being funneled back to those corporations or businesses through individuals making purchases. And, and I think that's, that's a problem too. Uh, you know, 
we can't legally freeze the prices because there's a supply and demand. You know, if there's less less product out yeah, there. Yeah, we tried that in the 70s. Yeah, Anybody who lived through it. the Carter years knows how that turned out. Yeah, but but I think as a, as a uh, nation, we're all going to have to figure out how do we make a sacrifice to uh, make it through this temporary situation. This is not a permanent uh, situation. This is temporary, but uh, we're not going to be able to continue to spend forever either. No. Uh, so that's that's not an unlimited amount of money. This and, and the, you know we try not to go too much into the, to uh, financial matters on, on this show, but this is the the paradigm. This is the paradox. America is spending too much money. We are printing too much money. In any other time in our history, this would be bad for America. The problem is, is that every other country in the world is doing it as much as we are or worse. Mm. And, and how this is going to end up is not going to be good. And we have to get control of it. Uh, I, I think the universal basic income solves a lot of problems. I think it gets money into the hands of the people that actually need it who can then pay their landlords, who can then pay for their health care, who can then pay for food for their kids. Um, I don't think th that uh, the special interests going to Congress and demanding this amount of money for this industry and this amount of money for this industry serves our future generations well. I think you've got to put the power, the economic power of the U.S. dollar in the hands of the people. And then, you know, with uh, the young people as we talk about our kids and the next generation come behind i think something needs to be done to forgive some of this student loan debt because if we're spending so much money uh if these kids uh young kids graduating from college could have that relief that's going to put money in their pocket that they would normally be spending as opposed to giving them uh, a twelve hundred dollar stimulus check that they have to spend five hundred or a thousand dollars on a student loan I would rather forgive the student loan because that money's already been spent. Okay, here's, here's, here's where I'll make you a deal. We will, we will pay off all these student loans, but it comes out of the, um, what do you call the savings for all those universities? What's the term? The endowments. The endow it comes out of university endowments. The, the endowments could actually contribute okay. something no, to No, no, they, yeah. they should contribute everything to it. I don't Be know if they could do and, all and, of and it. I'll, and I'll tell you why they need to. Because it is they who started putting up the prices at a rate of like three times the rate of inflation. And it is they who said, oh, don't worry, you can handle all this debt. And meanwhile, when you pay that debt off, well, guess who you're paying the debt off to? Okay, you are now looking at pension funds and people's retirement who had depended on those bonds that, that 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 was backed by to provide an income stream to people like my mother who's 83 years old you pay off all this debt and now where they're going to go back in, into the bond market and get what one two three percent on their money yeah. so you know paying this debt off is not this big windfall because okay all these college students have all this extra money meanwhile all these old people who are depending on the bond payments don't have that money yeah. yeah, and, and uh, you know there are families like myself that are actually paying for our kids to go through, so they wouldn't get as big of a benefit uh, from student loans being paid off because we're paying as we go. So I know there will be some people that feel like we sacrificed, we paid as we went, but in order for our entire system to uh, 
to work, we're going to have to find some compromise. Maybe it's not 100% of a student student's debt, but maybe it's a, a portion of well, it. Well, I think but, the university should throw it in because I absolutely know for a fact that their uh, guidance counselors were, were pushing these loans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's what drove up the And they were making college. it virtually impossible for these kids to graduate in four years. Yeah, they, they uh, definitely uh, inflated the cost. I mean, uh, my son is at A&M, and it's four times the cost of when I was at A&M. So uh, in 25, 30 years, that's just, just ridiculous inflation. And didn't A&M put up some kind of monster football stadium a few years back? $450 million, yeah. I think, uh, the house that Sumlin built. Yeah. So, so to your point about the endowment, some of that money, absolutely, I think, should be considered to to pay down some of these things and you know but what are those endowments are they are they being hurt right now by their uh equity investments and and things would they be paying that down at at a, a point when it's they the, least likely those, could afford those, to pay them down those, but i guess they are they're more conservative so they shouldn't be hurt as much yeah um if they want all the all the federal grant money they get they better start they better start realizing the error of their ways yep. you know on issue number three. Okay, issue number three. Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education, issues new rules on sexual assault and gets sued by the ACLU. Tonight, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos announcing the sweeping changes on campus, narrowing the definition of sexual harassment from unwelcome conduct of a sexual nature to conduct so severe, pervasive, and objectively offensive, it denies equal access to education requiring schools to investigate every formal complaint, but only if the incident occurs on campus or at a school program, and giving both the victim and the accused the right of cross-examination at school hearings. As a survivor, Jess Davidson says she's outraged. This is an absolute attack on survivors' rights and a clear attempt to prevent survivors from being able to report at all. But the Trump administration feels it ensures fairness for both sides. Here's the president after the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, where the now justice was accused of assault when both he and the accuser were in high school. It's a very scary time for young men in America. Since 2011, more than 350 accused students have filed suits against their schools, claiming they were denied a fair process. I think that by affording students a fair process, it protects not only the due process rights of the accused, but also the integrity of the process as a whole. Trying to assure justice is equally applied on campus. And Lester, there's another change. The Obama administration's standards were just guidelines. Now under the Trump administration, these changes are regulations. And after a 60-day comment period, they will be finalized and become law. Okay, NBC News reports that, the, that an ACLU lawsuit is challenging Title IX regulations that will redefine sexual misconduct in narrower terms. It's going to define misconduct, misconduct as, uh, quote, so severe, pervasive, and objectively offensive, end quote, that it denies a person equal access to the school's education program or activity. But some argue that this creates a double standard for how schools must treat sexual discrimination complaints compared to how they handle allegations of racial, national origin, and disability discrimination. Whew, everybody's getting discriminated on and, and, uh, and uh, complaining about it. I mean, 
racial discrimination complaints, national or origin discrimination complaints, disability discrimination uh, complaints, sexual discrimination discrimination complaints, and they're going to try. And now what they're saying is they all have to come, you know, come uh, into some sort of alignment to be fair. But lastly, the suit takes issue with how the rule will allow colleges to investigate complaints that are made only through a formal process into certain officials, as opposed to any school employee as it used to be. Now, the rule, however, does permit complaints in high school, kindergarten, elementary school, et cetera, to be shared with any employee, and uh, that would then trigger an investigation. Okay, Sam, I got one word for you. Due process. Okay, that's two words. I was, I was getting ready to say that's two words, Noah. I know you can't count. Uh, <laughs> do I can process. count to one. <laughs> <laughs> one topic here. Uh, so, so again, uh, uh, by making this narrower, I guess it's, it's harder uh, for individuals that are, are filing a complaint. Uh, they feel like it's going to be harder for them to be heard. But I think individuals absolutely have to have a due process that if, if a complaint is uh, put forth against you as an individual, you should be able to uh, uh, defend yourself and, and push back against that. Uh, with regards to selected officials or that you only could go through through one process on campus uh, individuals may not may feel like they can't just go through campus because the campus is protecting certain individuals you know and in, in, on some campuses individuals have felt like athletes have been protected as just yeah. an example or uh, a and they have been they uh, have been and yeah. or fraternity that is favored on campus of, of elite students or privileged students. So that is definitely, individuals need to be able to have an option to uh, have a format in which they make a complaint that they also believe is fair. And, and, le and let's remind everybody, all of this does not negate the ability for a victim to bring suit through the civil courts. No matter, no, you know, no matter who, who, you know, who the assault victim is or who the uh, perpetrator was. But, you know, I brought up the example before. You know, I, uh, when I did some security work in London, I was accused by a gay man that I used a gay slur, my boss and I both. And because this gay man said that we'd used a gay slur, the police were obligated by law to investigate it. And the truth is, we would have been found guilty if it had not been for video of the entire accident. And it ended up he got arrested. Um, so I, I also know that in the Northeast, about two years ago, there was a lawsuit. And it was of a private university. A young man had been accused of uh, sexual assault. I won't go into the details. And he had been kicked out of university. He wasn't guilty. Not only was he not guilty, the woman's friends, the person who accused him of the crime, her friends all came forward and said, she told us that she was angry at him and that's why she was making all this up. But the university stuck to their decision and kept him out of school. And, you know, it turned, the t you know, it, this, this is a Ivy League-ish school and it turned the town inside out. But eventually... You know, the guy won. And the point is here, you cannot create a system whereby a, an accusation 
results in a process where somebody's not allowed to defend themselves. And that's what many of these universities were doing. Well, you absolutely should have a right to defend yourself. You know, I, I have four children, two girls, two two boys, and of course, any complaint. Oftentimes, we we think of uh, females making a complaint against a male, but it could be in both directions. Uh, but you want the victim to be heard, and then you want the person being accused to be able to defend themselves because it's nothing like being wrongfully accused of of something that you didn't do and having to pay a price and just having the cloud of potential guiltiness hanging over you even though you may have not been guilty then you have to when you prove yourself innocent then people don't come back don't you think I, I i want i want to hear from you on this what's up with the aclu weren't they all about civil liberties this seems to go directly against the reason they were created uh I can't speak for the ACLU, so I don't don't really uh, know why they took the position they they've taken. I think I'll, t- I'll tell you why I think they took it. Honestly, I think they take any position against Betsy DeVos. I mm. think I think the education uh, community hates her. Don't think she's qualified, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I think they do this just to make her life a living hell. Mm. I really do. Mm. So. Uh, that's it for this week. Some articles you will find on our Facebook page, Meet in the Middle Chronicles. From the New York Post, Los Angeles to shut off water and power to small non-essential businesses that try to open. Can you believe that? Okay, from Reuters, maternity ward massacre shakes Afghanistan and the peace process. Sam, did you see that that the reporting on that no i had not but the, I'll, I'll check the website. So, some of the mothers were holding children that they had given birth to just hours earlier wow. and, were, and, and were killed in this massacre wow. and another article on a universal basic income was published by the london economic forum we urge you to look beyond your own feelings on this it's time to change the way the government provides basic necessities A UBI is more efficient and puts power in the hands of individuals rather than government bureaucrats. Okay, exactly what Sam said. It's not in in, uh, addition to the programs we got now. It's in replacement of. We get rid of bureaucracy, people. Okay, please like our Facebook page. Okay, that's it for this week. Have a great weekend and stay safe. Go be with your kids. Raise them right. 